What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you as well. I hope you're all nice and rested and restored from our from our gaming marathon that we had a couple weeks ago. Not even a little. Not even I'm a little? You're still, still tired? I'm worn out. <laughs> wow. It was too much gaming for too long. It was. Dare I say it? It was fun, though. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So so for anyone who doesn't know, we're going to give a quick recap. Actually, you know what? We'll circle back around to this. But in case you did not know this, your first time listening, Team Chat Podcast is a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out each and every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those around, across podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch each and every episode on YouTube and Twitch. If you're a fan of the show and you want and you want to f- be more involved, you can do that as well by finding us on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as joining our Discord channel. The links for all those things are in the description below. And then finally, each and every episode of this p- podcast is brought to you by the support of our listeners. So if you are really loving what we're creating for you each and every week, head over to patreon.com slash team chat podcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show and in return, we will give you a cool perk like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, as well as access to our private patron-only channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery. So, getting back around to it, though. So, what we were talking about in our gaming marathon was, for those who might not have seen, we partook in Extra Life 2018 this last year. So, it was by the time this episode comes out a week and a half, two weeks ago, it was November 3rd, basically, is the day that it was. A 24-hour gaming marathon where all the money that we raised was able to go to... Children's Miracle Network Hospital, specifically Dell Children's here in here in Austin. Uh, but it was a, for our first time doing it, it was a resounding success, I would it, say. It was certainly more than what we expected. Definitely. We, we uh, placed the goal of $1,000 being like, you know what? We don't know what to expect. I was honestly thinking we were going to hit somewhere in the three to four, maybe I really kind of thought that too. I was like, man, if we get to five, we'll be like making it. I know. And then we like exceeded our total goal. Uh, yeah. And we, it's the, like, the, oh God. And the end, the end raise, we raised 1000 $85, I think. So And 20 cents. Yes. Don't and, forget that precious 20 cents. And I got to say, credit where credit's due. That was not all raised by us. Uh, we also had uh, some of our friends of the show, Chess Hall, he and his wife, they streamed for a, nap, for a couple hours playing a video game. And then we also had our good friend and listener and patron to the show, Fuchsia. She also streamed for a couple hours, and she raised, of that, she raised three, she almost ra- four, a little over 400, I believe, of that on her own. So she did an incredible job with as well. And then our good friend Kirok Craft from Bottle Rocket Gaming, he streamed a couple hours as well. And he was actually on streaming when we hit our $1,000. Oh, was he really? So, yeah. so that was pretty awesome. I was at home napping. <laughs> I know, you took, you took advantage of that two hours. <laughs> I sure did. And then I was like, well, damn it, I missed it. <laughs> I like, we got the notification. I'm actually meaning to make a clip. And if I haven't, I haven't got this out already, but I want to make like a, cl- of, a short little video of like all of the fun moments from our extra live stream so like i want to pull that i want to pull some stuff from fuchsia and from chess and then uh a couple of the moments from our gaming like when you got the your first kills in Fortnite and all that other stuff so <laughs> i want to make a little video but my first and only kills you did good though i was very surprised <laughs> i was very proud of how well you were doing in there uh but but yeah so thank you to everyone who did donate thank you to kirok chess and fuchsia for donating your time uh to help us on the stream as well it was really fun and i'm super excited and looking forward to next year but also because we hit our all all our goals that means we also have a few more of the rewards for hitting certain donations that we have to keep up with so uh while we were doing our live episode last week one of them that we came up with because we were surpassing the goals we had set was for at 650 bucks we would have to buy 
both of us would have to buy and play and then review Stardew Valley. So we're working. We're in on the that process now. of that yeah. one. We're giving it the appropriate amount of time yes. it needs. We understand it's a very absorbing game. It is so indeed. we're both gonna pump some time in Stardew. Maybe a week, maybe two weeks, we should be able to have an ep- a review episode out for that. There it is. Because that's one, I mean it just goes on and on the more yeah. you play too. So there, it doesn't have the necessarily the definitive answer. It's just whenever we feel like we've simulator. had exactly. So whenever we feel like we've had enough time in it, then we'll come never, come back with a review never episode. Be enough time. I know they didn't tell us. We oh, do oh, have we to each get a selection of our waifus and hazubandos. Yes, we do. Yes. We do have to do that as well. Uh, Nine hundred dollars. We decided Mogan was going to have to finish <laughs> Persona Five by Christmas. So <laughs> on top of Stardew Valley, she has to do that. I know that yours is worse, but like I kind of mine's at, pretty good. I look at mine and I'm like. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to do Stardew Valley and this. Finish it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to finish Persona 5. I promise. I'm going to set it to easy difficulty and I'm going to blaze through it. Do it to it. Oh my God. It's going to be rough. <laughs> I'm going to really struggle bust through it. And then the last $1,000, once the $1,000 goal, once we hit that, what, which we did hit, is I have to get the Team Chat logo tattooed on my body. Yeah, so sure I'm still are. figuring out placement. Um, I'm s- going to have the appointment scheduled soon and. All that stuff, but yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm figuring I'm just gonna get the nice little TCP and the and the banner in the bangers font that we use that we use and all that. Is that what it's called? It's, it is actually called bangers. Oh, wow, I, don't, I feel ashamed now. I mean, it's like I mean, I took it like I, yeah. I honestly don't know why it's called that because it's a comic booky esque yeah. font is kind of why I picked it. But like, yeah, I don't know why it's called bangers. But anyway, Whatever. so just getting the nice TCP. I don't know where yet. That's the you only thing I'm trying to figure cool, out. You should get one of those cool like ring tattoos, but maybe on like your pinky finger. Sam thought I should because I have a tattoo of Fender on my ankle, and oh, she thought yeah. you should like I should like make it look like it's his collar. But then at the same Ooh. time, like that's too little. Like that doesn't feel well, like. Yeah. I was thinking more like something like. You know, really, this you were thinking that big, but just like it's going to be just the I letters was though. TCP. Like much of one section of your finger. Nah, <laughs> that that seems a little too small for you know for dedicating for being like the thousand goal thing, thousand dollar goal. You know, ooh, you could get really really tiny TCPs like in continuum for permanent makeup. Oh no no no! Yeah, get some tattoos on for some nice eyeliner, nah. but within the eyeliner is TCP. Not gonna do that. Yeah, I think that that's one, a great nah. idea. Maybe across the knuckles. No, yeah, I have, <laughs> you know, if you if you were missing a pinky though, and you only had three fingers, that would be great. That'd be pretty great. But then it's like that's uh, like awkwardly placed in the middle. Maybe I can just make it where like it covers like it's in the gaps. That would look terrible. But oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. still figuring all that out. But that is, a, and we'll keep updated with those goals as we complete them. And obviously, like when I get the tattoo, I'll take a picture of it in progress. Maybe do a quick little video on the Instagram live, so you know it's actually happening. Uh, but yeah, but it's happening. I just got to figure out the placement. New Patreon reward tier. Pay $1,000 per month and you get to decide where Jared's tattoo goes. No, I'm not leaving that up to other people. <laughs> already, but a buddy of mine already was right like, a buddy of mine was already like, you should just get it on your neck. And I said, no. Oh, God. Then I jokingly re- re- oh. responded back, like, no, nah, I'll just get it above one of my eyebrows. Yeah, that'd be no, cool. And that's the second either. eyebrow. <laughs> not doing that one either. But anyway, so we'll, like I said, we'll keep you updated. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everybody who donated and made it a memorable first extra life for team chat podcast and we'll see you again next year for it because i'm do- i for one yeah I'm doing it again. so memorable we'll probably do it again mm-hmm. now let's move on and get back into the normal uh, routine of the show with 
our moment with Mogan. Okay, so we actually missed a lot last week while we were doing the live episode because we didn't get to do a typical moment with Mogan. Right. So uh, some of this is going to be things that recently came out. So a little retroactive. So yeah, here. a little retroactive. So on November 6th, Dead Asine for PSVR came out. So did World of Final Fantasy Maxima for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Also on November 6th was Overkill's The Walking Dead. Oh boy, you might say never mind. PS4. Yeah, I was I gonna make a pun about it. But I mean never that mind. it's overkill. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Why do we need another Walking Dead? Anyway, so that's for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We also have The Forest for PS4, November sixth as well. Yeah, that one looked uh, kind of scary. I believe is it, it kind might of a spooky, be. scary. Game? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Uh, also on November sixth, we had Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom for Ooh. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On November 8th, we had Ride 3 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We also had Valiant Hearts for Switch. There was also Hitman 2. Oh, wait. Valiant Hearts, Valiant Hearts, The Great War for Switch? Well, it just says Valiant Hearts. Oh, my God. Is that the one that... If that's what I think it is, everyone needs to go play that game immediately on Switch. Well, you look it up. I am. Uh, Hitman 2 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC comes out today as of this episode's launch, uh, as of this episode's air date, November 13th. We also have SNK 40th Anniversary Collection for Switch, November 13th as well. Spyro Reignited Trilogy for PS4 and Xbox One comes out today, November 13th. I am very excited about that one. Very nice, very nice. It looks like they're doing a good job with it. I'm, I'm probably will be getting it. Fallout 76 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC November 14th. Oh, I forget that's already so close. right. November 14th, and uh, coming soon we have... Wait, that's on a Wednesday? What? I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe my list is out of date. Who knows? No, no, you're right. November 8th, uh, Valiant Hearts. Oh, my God. It is the Valiant Hearts The Great War. That is an outstanding game. Oh, that I remember you yeah, talking about. Yeah, long that. time ago. So it's just making its port. To it's Switch. making its port to Switch. Very nice. Uh, it's a fantastic game, and everyone should play it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, circling back real quick, Underworld Ascendant for PC, November fifteenth, and then coming very soon, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee for Woo-hoo! Switch, November sixteenth. Nice. Oh, man, so you got some purchases coming up this month. I I do, apparently, but I can't purchase any of them because I have to get their Persona 5. (laughs) And Stardew Valley. (laughs) That'll have to be my uh, reward to myself is when I finish Persona 5, I can then start buying other games again. There you go. So you'll save up. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. Yeah, I think it'll it'll work out well. Okay, well, then, since that concludes our moment with Mogan, before we jump into our main topics... And we might f- change up the, the formatting of where this lays in the show for future episodes. But for now, we're going to do it right here, following the moment with Mogan. And that is, it's time for the Red Dead Roundup, y'all. Pew, 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 pew. All right. You have to make I, pew, I pew noises. Have to do with these yeah, that's okay. Strings. Those look dumb. All right, y'all. <laughs> Saddle up. Amazing. It's time to do some Red Dead Roundup. Pew, pew. pew, pew. You have to make, yeah, pew, pew. pew, pew Come pew, on. Pew, there pew. we go. So I didn't, I didn't quite have enough time to have spent in this game this whole time. No, I don't you know say if I'm that keep every time. Well, because I've had a busy couple weeks. You say that every time. I'm a busy man. Got a lot of cattle that needs rustling. A lot of prairie dogs that need corralling. I only rustle sheep. 
There you go. They're, much they're a peaceful more critter. They're, they're a peaceful critter. They're a peaceful critter. That's right. All right. I'm not keeping that up the whole time. But, but anyway, keep the hat on. I'll keep, oh, the hat's saying. I bought this specifically for round it, Red Dead Roundup. Excellent. I wondered what was in the box. <laughs> Why I had to have like, this box closed? What is happening? <laughs> no, this is like some cheap-ass $20 shit from Amazon. It's fine. It's you like $20 for yeah, that? Yeah, it's less than that. It might no, have even been like 15 But anyway, so Red Dead Roundup. I have made a few more, a bit more progress into the story. Again, I'm not going to really go into spoilers and stuff. This is just a, more of a time for thoughts and opinions. And I honestly don't want to stay that long on it this week either because I'm really excited about our topic. I want to get into that too and make sure we have plenty of time for that. Uh, but basically, I'm still just piddling around and I still feel like getting uh, the mechanics under my belt. Like I've said before, when I talked about it in the first impressions, there are so many things, so many mechanics that have to take place in this game because there's so many different things that they introduce. And I feel like I'm still getting used to those. Combat still feels kind, honestly kind of wonky to me. Uh, I did. I started adjusting with the settings to maybe uh, to close in a little bit and tighten up the the aim assist and everything. So because it felt way too stilted. You use aim assist. I, honestly, what with this, plebe. I'm pretty sure you have to because they give you this <laughs> tiny little white dot, and the guy's gonna be really far away. Is anyway, there not any settings where you can change the reticle? You no, not the reticle. Really? I don't think. No, what? the reticle. The, they keep the white dot. That's the same in like Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, like, gotcha. That's just kind of their status quo okay. on that. But so I've been trying to mess with that, but then I realized I might have messed with the settings too much. So I reset them to try to learn it again, and then I'll make improvements from there. But really, the big thing about it is I'm still just overall impressed with how many and the, what I find myself. My big takeaway for this week, I guess, is that I find myself getting lost in the minute details, which normally in other games I feel like would be a bad thing. Not so much in this game. I was doing it literally a cutscene where I was talking to somebody and it showed my face, and I was like, I'm dirty. <laughs> I need to go take a bath because that's a thing you can do because being clean means you'll be healthier and all that. So I was like, man. I thought it just meant that the ladies would like you a little bit more. They probably or do. Or maybe the gentleman too. Or maybe the gentleman or too. Or maybe the horses. I won't judge. Or the sheep. Or it's, the it's, sheep. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I found myself being like, oh, crap. I got to go into town and bathe up and, you know, take a little bath so that way I can get, I can, uh, you know, not be, be a little bit more healthy of a cowboy as I'm out wrestling the cattle. But do you actually own cattle? Not yet. Oh, okay. Maybe someday. I can only <laughs> dream. Someday. The world is literally my oyster at this point. I'm still uncovering all of the various assets and areas and stuff that I can go to and have under my control and call my own. And but as it's still just the, the, all my thoughts from the first impressions of just loving the the small interactions with characters is still is still really the great selling point. I'm trying not to dive too much into the story, but as I do more story missions, I'm realizing those are still more of like the tutorial is still going on in a way, even though I'm several hours in at this point. And that's and that's cool. Uh, I'm starting I'm wanting the story to pick up a little bit more. Just still feels a little slow on the story front, but that's also because you spent you dictate how much time you spend in the story. So oh, you know, yeah. so you you haven't gotten to the story because you've chosen. I've not chosen to, not okay. to. I've yeah. chosen to explore and to figure out more things, but I still feel a little aimless in that. I'm still trying to find my general purpose in my exploring. Well, so that sounds like hashtag a you problem. It is indeed, <laughs> but that's just what I'm trying to figure out and. Uh, and to understand as I get more into this. Uh, so that's really my bigger thoughts there. I haven't had anything huge or monumental happen to me yet. I've been killed a lot of times in some what I declare bullshit ways. <laughs> but it's still, it's still, like I barely tapped a guy. I was just in a lumber mill, a lumber game. I barely tapped a guy as I was riding by on my horse. And they all got up in arms and started shooting at me. <laughs> then one of the camp well, dogs mauled me to death. Oh, that's I barely really, tapped him. That's really Barely funny. tapped him. You it got wasn't mauled even, to death yeah. by a camp dog. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to shoot the puppy. <laughs> but then and I was just like, I just barely touched him. So when you die uh, in the game, how far back does it place you? Like, what happens? It just, like, goes through a brief loading screen showing the sky, and then it just, like, opens you up at a, at a safe area, not too far from where oh, you so died. Oh, so you don't, like, get reset to before you died, then? No. You just spawn it's in just, new you, area. you lose some money, and you spawn in this new oh, area. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's pretty much um, it. Um, there's a really old, like, arcade-style Wild West shooting game. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but I do remember that every time you die in the game it flashes to this like human like it's an actual recording of like yeah. a human guy the undertaker standing over he- you and he's like well you barely made it through that one like the implication being that he's continuously trying to bring you back to life <laughs> every time you die it was really funny that's awesome uh but the the only last little bit that i want to leave you, everyone with or the red dead roundup for this week is that a news recently came out uh this is from a forbes article by paul tassie that red dead and this is as of Today or yesterday? So no, yesterday is when this came out. So November seventh, that Red Dead Two has already shipped seventeen million units, which means it has passed the lifetime sales of Red Dead Redemption One. Wow, already. that's impressive. So some Good big job. stuff coming out of Ro- Rockstar. Congrats to you on the like that is ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, hats off. Hats off to Red Dead, you could say. Hats off to Red Dead, you should, I could say that indeed. Does the hat fit over the headphones? I haven't tried. You should cut little, like, holes into it so that you can do both. No. No, it damn it. Okay, we'll have to get a bigger hat. Yep. Next time, everybody. Hey, you know, if you subscribe at the $1... <laughs> <laughs> you those dollars can go to buying us those, hats. Those dollars can go to... Because that's what's important. Milord Jared's hat collection. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well... We spent enough time on all this pre-topic jibber-jabber that we've had going on. It's time to jump into this one, because this is one that you actually came up with. So why don't you um, so I introduce think I, the topic? I think it, it came up when we were actually doing the uh, Extra Life Live episode, mm-hmm. because you mentioned, I, w- I asked you about how your year in gaming had been, and you briefly talked about Far Cry 5, yep. and you mentioned that you haven't finished it. And no, that, it's done. Oh, no, wait. Which game was it that I was talking about then? Because Far Cry 5 is done. Oh. God of War. I finished the main... No. No, because I finished the main story. I just haven't gone back huh. to Platinum that one. What game were we talking about? I don't know. I thought it was Far Cry 5. Yeah, no, it's not oh, Maybe you just weren't that impressed with it. Yeah, I wasn't impressed no. with it at all. Well, anyways, the point is, something Jarrett said made me think, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a bunch of games that I've played in my life that I've never finished, sometimes for good reason, sometimes for not good reason, like Persona 5. I just got stuck and I never went maybe back. Maybe that's what it was we were talking about. Maybe that's what spurred it. Maybe so. But anyway, so the topic of today is essentially Ghosts of Games Past, which is to say games that we played never finished and honestly probably have no plans to finish yeah like you might if you're if you've got this list there's only one that i was like i might go back to this yeah and even then it's a might it's not like you have a driving rage to go back and finish that game so these are games that we might never touch again conceivably in our lives so since it's your idea for a topic, why don't you kick us off? So actually, Bro Mogan reminded me of this one by accident. He sent me a snap the other day. I don't really know why he's playing it, but he sent me a snap that he was playing Yoshi's Woolly World. Okay. So I do remember Yoshi's Woolly World. I do, but never played it. Okay, so it's actually fairly new. It came out just in 2017. Oh, no, that was the port. Excuse me. It came out in 2015 for the Wii U. So my reasons for not having finished Yoshi's Woolly World are a number of 
Uh, they're, they're manifold, we should say. So for starters, uh, Yoshi's Woolly World is, of course, a by Nintendo's measure, AAA game. Mm-hmm. You know, any big Nintendo game that is published by Nintendo, developed in-house by Nintendo, I think this one was from Good Feel, okay. uh, one of the studios that Nintendo partners with. But the premise of Yoshi's Woolly World is... You are Yoshi, of course. You are made out of yarn. Cute. You are yarny Yoshi. Adorable. Sounds it's like, like stupidly adorbs. cute. I totally have the yarn Yoshi amiibo, mm-hmm. and it's so cute I'll never get rid of it. I don't care if it's usable or not. It's just adorable. And it's basically in the exact style of the majority of 2D side-scrolling uh, Mario games that people know and love. Mm-hmm. So the closest equivalent in modern times would, of course, be New Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. which was also for the Wii U. Um, and I think maybe there may have been... No, it was New Super Mario Brothers Wii, and then they also did New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, and I think New Super Luigi mm-hmm. Wii U, or something to that extent. At some point, Luigi got his own like little weird game, and it was good? Question mark? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't play it. So the entire premise is that, of course, this is a classic Mario-style platformer. Mm-hmm. The difference is that as Yoshi, you, of course, have your flutter jump, which is one of the key mechanics of being the Yoshi. You, of course, get to jump, and then you go, hang! And then you get to uh, get Do a little... Like strain yeah, where he, like, throws you, his... you strain, oh! he thrashes his feet around and like gains a little bump in the air before eventually falling uh, down. But as he is made of yarn, he has a few different new powers. So for starters, the world is also made of yarn. Like the world around him is made of like crafting materials. And so let's say, for example, that I run into a space of the map and part of it looks a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh. I see a loose thread up there. I wonder if I use my Yoshi tongue to blam <laughs> to make to, do what now? to to blam <laughs> there you go. to make the Yoshi <laughs> noise and basically uh, grab the string with his tongue. It might unravel oh. an entire new section of the, of the, of the level. Look and at it's that. actually really clever mechanics. Um, a lot of the game was really very good. Mm. There's actually not really anything particularly bad. Uh, that I can say about Yoshi's Woolly World. The mechanics were very nice. They were tight. It didn't really require um, the Wii U gamepad. Mm-hmm. You know, the Wii U had that massive gamepad that fit in your hands. I always liked it. A lot of people did not. Right. I particularly liked it for Splatoon because I feel like I was really jacked. <laughs> back, back just getting more workouts and just holding powerful. this massive game console. <laughs> That's how it felt. <laughs> So anyways, uh, the controls were really tight, really creative. The level design was really fun and childlike and at times very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were a lot of chain chomps everywhere, which I also enjoyed. I love the chain chomp. He is one of my favorite creatures. And having a chain chomp made out of yarn, even better. So everything's made out of yarn in this world. So everything's made out of yarn. And in addition to having a world made of yarn, uh, one of Yoshi's new mechanics is that he can uh, up yarn. Balls, so basically, like just balls of yarn. Mm-hmm. Instead of having eggs behind him, they are yarn balls, and you can basically throw them at different things on the screen. And by throwing them, you might, of course, be able to um, get rid of enemies. You could kill them, or if you throw yarn at a place where you see a blank outline mm-hmm. and it connects, it'll stitch something into existence. Which I thought was really cute, really cool. So, for example, if I've just barely managed to do the highest peak of my jump and i just saw at the top of the screen the edge of a dotted outline platform i might go oh crap 
I gotta come back with some yarn so that I can throw it up there and actually make the rest of the platforms come into play. Nice. So in terms of the game overall, I would say it's very good. <laughs> There's really, you know, it's a Nintendo game. It's a Yoshi game. Right. What bad thing can you say about it? Uh, except for maybe that it honestly wasn't that riveting Mm. Uh, it certainly was engaging to play and i did enjoy it while i played it i especially enjoyed playing it with bro mogan i think i got it for christmas and we were playing it on the couch you can of course play two-player co-op yeah i think you can play with up to four people at a time which very fun uh but you know if you're playing it alone just kind of mad yeah just take it or leave it i mean it just wasn't engaging enough to keep my attention um especially compared to the unfortunate timing that happened kind of right after uh, the holidays of that year, which because I had gotten Yoshi's Woolly World so late in the life cycle, I didn't get it when it came out. Mm. I got it way at the end, right before the Switch came oh, so out. Oh, so you got the new so, shiny thing. Yeah, and you, so and I got it in December, of course, Wooly for Christmas. Yoshi got left and behind. then the next, in, in three months, in March, the Switch came out, mm. and my world became Breath of the Wild. And I was like, farewell, Wii U. I have moved on to greener pastures. I've set you in this Specifically Viking Specifically the pastures pyre. of Breath of the World. Fare thee well, friend. And really, that's the primary reason I never took it back up again. Mm. And I really have no motivation to take it back up i don't want to have to set my wii u back up again yeah it's a pain to have to get it back out of the fancy collector's box of course right dust it back off get it all back set up of course and it's just not worth the effort when there are so many other games that i also haven't finished that i have easier access to so yoshi's willy world a great game and if you have a wii u that you still use you should buy it but if you don't you're not missing much there we go. There we have it. That's the first installment. What Ghosts about you? Ghosts of Games Past. Ghosts of Games Past. So mine is really is a Ghost of Games Past in that it's kind of an older one. Uh, it is Day of the Tentacle from 1993. Oh my! I did not play it in That's 1993. That's quite an old game. <laughs> so it's actually a LucasArts game. One of their few that like the Curse of Monkey Island and the Indiana Jones series that wasn't Star Wars themed, um, but they make sense because it's LucasArts, Lucasfilm property, so that's why they had like the Is that when Indiana they had Jones their really janky old public library logo? That's like the person, like yeah. the, the per yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's one of my favorite logos of all time. <laughs> so it actually, though, the game was developed by Tim Schafer, who, who made other big hits such as like Psychonauts, Grim Fandango, Ooh, Brutal yeah. Legend, different stuff like that. Uh, Psychonauts. And so, cool. and then it was also designed by Gabe Grossman. And so, but the thing about it is that it's an adventure game, one of their old like point and click adventures games. And it's actually very critically acclaimed as, the, as a I've game. I've heard of Day of the Tentacle many, many times. And yeah. I honestly don't know much about it other than the name and that people love it. So, so tell it's me a, about it. So it's a sequel to, or a follow-up game to Maniac Mansion, which was an older LucasArts game. I was going to say Morning of the Tentacle instead of perhaps Day of the Day Tentacle. Of the tentacle and then there's Dawn of the Tentacle, Night of the Tentacle. Twilight no, just of kidding. the Tentacle. There, there actually weren't that many sequels, but this might have been How the only one. How fun of a game does Tentacle Twilight sound like? <laughs> that sounds like a great <laughs> game. Oh, oh, come on. The right kind of game, if uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I do. These games make a lot of money, people. They do, indeed. Nobody but, take that. I'm trademarking it. <laughs> Team Chat Podcast's first video game, Tentacle Twilight. Uh, and it's de- exactly it's what it sounds definitely like. Definitely not what it sounds like. <laughs> but anyway, so the basic premise of this is that a purple tentacle, the villain, purple tentacle, is mutated through some scientific experiment gone wrong. And the three main characters of this are Bernard, Hoagie, and Laverne. 
And basically, you're sent back in time by the doctor who created whose laboratory was the I think Dr. Fred is his name. Dr. Fred, you're you're sent back in time by or the the hope is that you'll be sent back in time to be able to go back like just a day to turn off his slime machine is what created the the radiated slime that mutated Dr. Purple Tentacle. Oh. And so, but of course, he sends you back in time in the trusty old Chronojohn, which is exactly what it sounds like, a time machine made out of a ported pot. That actually is what I had guessed in my head. I was like, is it going to be that? And so you might also then think, okay, so this is a doctor, a crazy doctor who's already mutated a tentacle who's now wreaking havoc and trying to take over the world. How much do we? How much stock do we want to put in his Portajons or Chronojohns working? Well, you know, spoiler alert, they don't work very well. Bernard stays in the present time. Hoagie is sent back 200 years in the past, and Laverne is sent 200 years in the future. Oh, And no. so then the basic goal of the game at that point is to find a way to power up in each of the respective timelines to power up the Chronojohns so that everybody can come back and then be able to obviously then unlock the mystery to being able to defeat Purple Tentacle. Um, oh, so Purple Tentacle is a villain. Yeah, he's a villain. Oh, okay. I thought you were Purple Tentacle. No, no, no. You're okay. Bernard, Her- Hoagie, I and Laverne. Sorry, very much that wasn't clear. misunderstood the um, premise of the game. And so, basically, then, due to the t- the way of how point and click adventure games are, is basically do you point you and, and then you, do click, you click and you pick up <laughs> items from your inventory, talk to other characters, and then find things to gain in your inventory that will help you solve puzzles later on down the road. So the big thing about it, on paper, when I played this game. I would have been, I think, about eight, nine, ten, not very old, like maybe ten years old, I a think. A wee lad. A wee lad, a, a definite <laughs> wee lad. Prince Jarrett, before he was Millward exactly. Jarrett. Young Sir Jarrett. Before maladies had stricken my cows. <laughs> but I honestly think that is the reason why I gave it up, is I think I was too, I think for basically kind of like my only note on this is, is like I think I was too young when I first played to understand the mechanics and all the pu- and all the puzzles, and not to mention the humor, which would have kept it more engaging. I'm sure it went over my I head. I was about to say it sounds the premise is quite funny. It sounds like yeah. that maybe humorous writing was a key component. Well, of and the it's gaming. Tim Schafer. That's kind of like how his games yeah. are anyway. And so I so that's what I kind of feel like. As I feel like I couldn't figure it out. It wasn't the typical game I was playing at the time, which would have been like Dark Forces or maybe I'm so uh, no, not Civilization yet. I don't think, but. It just wasn't in my norm, and I think it was just outside of it enough, and the thir- the things about it that were supposed to click in my head weren't clicking in my head, and I think that's why I stopped playing it. Now, this is the game, though, that I feel like I want to give another shot to, uh, because I feel like now I am of the appropriate age, where the humor and the mechanics I would I, obviously get. an adult, can finally understand the humor of porta potties. <laughs> no, just now, I th- when I'm writing this down, I was like, oh, that's funny. Chuckles, <laughs> chuckles. But so honestly, though, that's the, really the only reason why I dropped this game, I think. It's just because I was too young when it started. Um, I still remember parts of it. Actually, my buddy Michael, he gifted me the game on Steam because it's out now because they have Day of the Tentacle remastered, I think, on Steam. And so I have it. It's just sitting there ready for the right opportunity to play it. But I think this is one that I honestly will because of the critical acclaim that the game received. And two, I just want to give it another shot since I feel like I was too young when I took it on the first time. I bet it's actually probably a very short game. Oh, yeah. It can't I be mean, that long. Games in the 90s weren't that long. Yeah. Have you heard that song, Running in the 90s? No. The one that a bunch of memes are based off of? No. Okay. I'm normally on top of meme culture. Wow, okay. But I'll have to show it to you later. I don't, yeah. That just reminded me of it, and I was like, oh, you're running in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so what you, I'd be doing, yeah. You should all look it up. <laughs> if you want to feel like you're on acid and exercising, just listen to that running in like the 90s. sounds like a great feeling. Yeah, you should add it to your running playlist. I will indeed. Running 
Yeah, never mind. I'm okay, very curious now. So yeah, we'll have to track. listen to this. <laughs> All right. So what would be your second ghost of Games Pass? So my second one is very ghostly indeed mm. because it's actually a game that I love. Oh. And that I might, so this is the one that I might someday go back and finish it. Okay. Because I even own the sequel, and I'm playing the sequel. I just didn't finish the first one. Oh, can, can I guess? guess? Dishonored. It's Dishonored. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's actually was on a possibility on my list. Yeah. So you have also played Dishonored 1, correct? Like maybe halfway through. Okay, so we are talking about the first Dishonored yes. game. So this is the one that came out in 2012. It's by Arcane Studios. They're in Austin. They're in local Austin studio, uh, but of course it was published by Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So this is actually, I think, the first Bethesda game that I played that I knew it was Bethesda. Really? And when I actually saw the graphics in action in the game, I was like, oh, this yeah, is what people Bethesda. are talking about. It finally made sense. I was like, ah, this is the Bethesda look. Okay, I kind of get it now. So, of course, uh, the 2012 game did spawn a couple of different DLC and even a, I guess you would call it, sequel micro game death of the outsider because they published it separately and it followed right, the right, story right, right, of one right. of the side characters who actually does make a later appearance in dishonored 2 i was very happy to see her back it was really exciting uh but so the premise of dishonored is you play so this is an action stealth game for starters first person action stealth you play as this guy named corvo atano he lives in the country of dunwall or the city of dunwall mm. country of blank yeah, I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, it's, again, it's been a while since I played. It's basically England, people. Yeah. They don't call it England, but, but it's, England. it's England. So you are Corvo Atano, and the world around you is kind of like this fascinating blend of steampunk, Victorian-style modernity. So they've got a bunch of high technology and a lot of really interesting electrical components, but it's also clearly a very uh, backward society in mm-hmm. terms of they don't really have modern amenities in a lot of cases uh and the i would date it as being like think early 1900s okay as being their approximate level of where they're at in in the space of time sounds about right But with a bunch of crazy extra like technology made by mad scientists because isn't there like a lot of like electricity thing like tesla-esque machines it's a lot of like that kind of weird tesla like magic technology right thought of this probably some crazy mad scientist uh so as corvo you initially play as the bodyguard of empress jessamine Mm -hmm. and spoiler alert this happens at the first five to ten minutes of the game she gets murdered she did she did i say you she did so she gets murdered and that flings you into being cast as the scapegoat so everybody says that you're the one that did it that you killed empress jessamine so you are now on the run you have to basically go underground escape from all of your life in the court Mm -hmm. as being part of the queen's uh government essentially because you are more or less the spy master and you basically have to go underground and try to restore your name restore your reputation uh you do that by donning your super spooky dishonored mask thing yeah but badass it's yeah so it's cool. awesome he gets like this cool kind of skull mask with like technology and yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff in it it's very cool and of course he has weapons galore mm-hmm. the true glory of dishonored isn't the story it's not the writing it's not the dialogue although those are all very good components of the game the real fun of the game is the actual 
gameplay. Mm -hmm. The stealth components are the best I've ever played with. Uh, Being able to be stealthy in Dishonored feels so satisfying and it's challenging. It's not like you can just instantly go into stealth stealth mode and everything is fine. You might go into stealth mode, move just a little teeny tiny bit too loud around a corner and then one of the guards is like, oh, what was that? Who she, said that? She goes, hear that? And then, and then, like, he alerts all the other guys, and they're like, we know you're here. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm really not. I'm really not. Go away, please. As you're sitting under a coffee table right in front of their feet, and you're like, oh, it's not looking so good for me. <laughs> that has happened to me more times than I can count, because I was like, I bet they won't see me if I go over there. And then the guy got spooked, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I've been spotted. I've been spotted. I done spooked them. So uh, frequently because... So part of the reason I should skip to the end is part of the reason I never finished the game is I did it to myself. Mm. I personified myself. Oh, no. So I did the thing where I decided I was going to play the game on Pacifist Run, where I wasn't going to kill oh my God. anybody, which is kind of the point of Dishonored. I was like, no. I mean, it gives you the option to not kill anybody. It does. So really, the options in terms of whether or not you actually kill people versus do you is full ability to choose. Mm-hmm. There's at no point any particular boss or person that you have to kill. Right. You can always choose an option to subdue them, which usually involves either sleep darts or choking them out. So I went through the entire game only choking people out or sleep darting them and then throwing their bodies into like a dumpster and closing it so the rats wouldn't eat them alive. Right. Uh, first of all, good guy Corvo, am I right? Right. It's, yeah. a, it's a very just it's outlook you have. a very just outlook that I have. Which meant, Even though the world slapped you in the face and turns back on you. Yeah, it sure did. Um, and that really kind of is what, uh, what did me in, in the end. So I got, I think, three... I would say five-sixths of the way finished with the game. I was very close to the end. And I got to this particular part where I think it's where you're going through the old part of Dunwall that is flooded. Mm-hmm. The flooded district. Duh. It's not creative naming people. <laughs> so anyways, I was going through the flooded district, and there were just all kinds of human enemies, which mm-hmm. are the hardest ones to fight. And they were all members of like a rival what's his name he's like a bad guy but not really he's featured in death of the outsider oh my god what is his name the, like the guy who gives you the, the abilities no that's the outsider but there's a guy oh. that like i don't know i didn't i guess i didn't get that far. yeah i don't remember what is oh he's the guy who framed you oh my god what is his name comstock no no that's Bioshock Infinite, you dummy. Oh, <laughs> okay, They're because they're so different. Because they're so different. So anyways, I cannot, I'm freaking, I'm absolutely blanking on his name, but there's a guy who framed you for the murder of Empress, Je- of Empress Jessamine because he got paid by the current prime minister who mm. wanted you and the Empress out of the way so that he could rule. Got it. The point being, I got to this part where I was fighting that guy's forces and all of his minions, and I kept accidentally killing dudes. It kept happening where I would like shoot a guy with a sleep dart. No! No, I no, I would like sleep dart him. They would fall off a roof oh. into the water and then they would drown and I couldn't like... Because the water wouldn't shock them back awake? And I, they couldn't, couldn't I couldn't rescue them. They didn't wake up and I was like, well, fuck. 
So yeah, I so kept, start I just kept accidentally killing guys, and it would get to the end oh, of the I mission, would... and I would think I had succeeded, and then it would be like, oh yeah, you killed two guys, and I was like, when? Excuse me, but where, what? Bitch, where? 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 <laughs> where are the dead guys? Where? So I, I was getting so frustrated. I think I replayed that level at least seven times. Oh Jesus! Trying to get, and it was a long ass level. Yeah. Trying to get it to where I didn't kill anybody, and I kept failing. And eventually, I was like, okay. I'm just going to put it down. I'm just going to take a little break. Because uh, this was like over the span of a weekend, I think. And yeah. I was like, fine, forget it. I'll just put it down. I'll come back to it later. Never and you did. never came back to it. Because I was also far enough in the story that I knew where it was going. Like, I basically knew how it was going to end. I would eventually get to the end. I would I would clear my name and thereby uh, reinstate under the throne my, spoiler alert, daughter, Emily Caldwell. Right. So I knew that all of that was going to happen. So I was like, well... I kind of already know what's up. You're just missing at that point the last little bit of level. I was just missing the time. So uh, unfortunately, I am missing that trophy of like completing the game. Mm -hmm. So maybe someday I will go back to it. It is a fantastic game. Yeah, I think IGN gave it like a nine point five out of ten. I honestly don't remember why I quit, but I think why I quit playing it wasn't because I didn't like the game. I think I just got distracted by something else. I think it was that might have been when I was trying to play through Saints Row the Third, maybe. And I got distracted by that one. And really? Then I you never got distracted went. by Saints Row? That game was crazy and fun. <laughs> I enjoyed the crap out of that game. It was a lot of fun. But I, I honestly don't remember why. But yeah, it definitely wasn't because I didn't like the game. I think I just got distracted by other things and forgot to go back to it. And then the PS4 came out and all the great things with the PS4. And I have been tempted many times, though, to buy Dishonored Remastered. Actually, so I'm the, I have the remastered version. Oh, so, so if you've you want to borrow mine, oh. because I remember I waited, so I right. didn't get it when it released. I waited for that remastered version, uh, and then I was like, "Oh wait, I have the definitive edition, nice. which is the game and all the DLC." All right, well, my second Ghost of Games Past is actually another Bethesda title. Bethesda, what's up with you? What you doing? What you doing? But it is Fallout Three. So I started Fallout 3, and I can't remember. I think it was just because I wanted Fallout 4 wasn't out at the time. Uh, Fallout, it was, oh, because, and I remember posting like to Facebook or asking people, like, hey, out of Fallout New Vegas or Fallout 3, which one should I get? And people are like, if you want to understand the story, do Fallout 3. If you want to just have like a, be- a slightly better thing, or I can't remember all the reasoning, but it's like, try New Vegas for this reason. And I was like, New well, I'm Vegas just going to go is with. a fan favorite, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So I pr- probably, in hindsight, should have gone with, with New Vegas. But my goal was like, I'll play Fallout 3, then move on to New Vegas. Well, that as you as it being a choice in this topic that didn't happen. Yeah. So basically, for those of you who don't know about uh, about Fallout Three, which developed by Bethesda uh, by Bethesda Game Studios, published by Bethesda Softworks, and directed by the great Todd Howard, who we all know wait, and love. isn't Todd Howard that guy who keeps coming to E three and lying about new games? No. No. Okay. He's like mind. the cool dude. Like he was at E three this last year. No, and everyone that he just keeps like, like promising way more than he can actually deliver on. Isn't that oh. the running joke? I don't know. I hadn't heard that. Actually. I, I think that's... I ever, all I know is that everyone, including myself, holds Todd Howard with incredible esteem. And, oh yeah, and he's much beloved. But I think there's a running j- joke that he like just keeps promising. I mean, he's talking way about Skyrim more. ways. Yeah, ways to play Skyrim and all that. <laughs> but anyway, so. You're playing Fallout 3, and the whole premise of this one is, you know, it's it's typical with Fallout games. You grow up in this vault, you have this vault, and you have to go set off into the wasteland for some adventure. In this case, it's you grow up in Vault 101. Your father is like this doctor slash scientist who voiced by Liam Neeson, actually. Really? Yeah. And uh, which was honestly somewhat of my prerogative to want to play the game because I love Liam Neeson. And then 
Anyway, so I get into it, and Liam Neeson, he just, his, his character, just known as your father, he just leaves one day. He just breaks out of the vault and leaves, which is apparently not a good thing to do because he's on some, some quest to ser- find something that will alleviate the woes of the world. And you're able to escape Vault 101, and you set out on your own into the Capital Wasteland because this is the area surrounding Washington, D.C. and different stuff like that. So again, on paper... Seems right up my alley. Like, I love a good RPG, I love a good action RPG, and I love, you know, I love a good exploration game. As case in point, that, that's what I continually keep playing with Red Dead, Except Assassin's for Creed. Breath of the Wild. I come back to Breath of the Wild. We've been over this. I come back to Breath of the Wild. Okay. I just don't stay very long. <laughs> and, but honestly, I played around it. I played for several hours, got to several new areas, talked to people, did quests. I don't know. It just didn't hook me. It just never clicked. It just never clicked. The story of it just never clicked. But I honestly think what the big thing, because I even, even post-apocalyptic games, you know, a lot of those tend to have the thing where everything is very scarce. You're not just going to come across this bounty unless it's a very fortified place that's been collected by other people. You're not just going to come across this random box with 50 bullets in it. You know, everything has to be very scarce, limited, and hard for you to use. And maybe that just felt... Too, too over, much? Yeah, too overbearing. Yeah. Like it because was too much of a burden to actually have to play the game. I, f- I feel like that might have been my experience. It, because also, too, you come across enemies and you want to fight them. But I also felt the combat controls were very clunky mm. and very awkward and not very natural feeling to use. Kind of what I'm feeling with Red Dead right now, honestly. And But then the one big thing of Fallout, the Fallout series, is the VAT system, which basically is it's bullet time where you activate VATs. It highlights the enemy in front of you and has percentages, like hit percentages, on certain areas of their body. Obviously, you can hit their head, and that's probably going to kill them one shot, but you only have like a 20% chance of hitting it, whereas you could hit their arm for a good old 75% chance. You might blow their arm off or the leg, cripple them, and different stuff like that. And that adds some tactics to the combat and everything. But at the end of the day, that's not how I wanted to play the game. If that makes sense. I wanted to play it more in the run around and just be able to like have a firefight without having to stop every few seconds to use vats to take tactical advantage of the game. I don't know. It just didn't that system, which I know what a lot of people love fallout for is for the vat system. Is that true for all fallout games? Uh, at least from three on. Oh, okay. Two might not have had it because two were those two. One and two were the more, uh, I believe, isometric is the is the, the like that really high top down like Diablo two oh, oh, style okay, of game. Okay, uh, just because of when they were made. And so I'm not sure if it was in that one, but this one because it could it was in first person and you had the you had that option. It would you could do the vats. I know it's in Fallout Four. Okay, uh, but now they are saying, and I might need to, I need to double check myself on this, but I'm pretty sure it's not though in Fallout seventy six because well, Fallout seventy six is yeah it's in New Vegas oh, okay, also. Okay, um, but it's but it's not in Fallout seventy six due to Fallout seventy six being a online. You know, a consistently uh, online. Can you imagine so you can't what tr- if somebody how else could you kept triggering their vat and then it time. slowed you down? You were like, no. Exactly. Like, how would that work? <laughs> that would be so really honestly, funny. even though Fallout 3 and really for because of the same reasons why I haven't played New Vegas or Fallout 4, I'm more interested in Fallout 76 because it is will be, it will hold all the f- cool things of Fallout that I like. This, the post-apocalyptic setting, the cool like power armor suits that you see everywhere, all the crazy weapons, all the big nukes that you can possibly just unleash everywhere. All that aspect of it sounds great, but it honestly, without being tied to a, in my opinion, lackluster story, 
and then the clunky combat of that, of having to rely on that, I think I could really get into Fallout 76. I'm not going to buy release day. I'll probably wait for see if it goes on sale, see you the general reaction. I have enough on my plate. I need, to, play I need to wait for a long time yeah. before I buy anything else. I'm honestly probably going to wait until Smash comes out, and then that'll be the next thing I get. But anyway, so that was honestly it. I just I had other things that were coming up because also at this time, you know, I was playing it on my 360, but I also at the same time when I was playing it, I had things on my Xbox One and PS4 to play, more newer recent things, and I wanted to spend more time to those. And just because of that, it fell to the wayside. But honestly, for me, it was because of the the VATS system, and then just the mm, story. Yeah. Um, so you never figured out what happened to your dad? No. You don't care? I might go back and read it at some point. Fare thee well, papa. <laughs> Goodbye, Liam Neeson. Goodbye, father. I hope Liam Neeson. I hope you weren't taken. <laughs> oh, well, he was. <laughs> His daughter was. Yeah, we know. We and know. The first we, one. We, we get the joke. Okay. It's a very bad joke. I thought it was good. Not even a little good. No. Anyway, that one's not going to fly with all the pun stuff. No, ah, no, it is God. not. <laughs> Anyways, moving right along, I want to know if you can guess my last game. Guess your last game. Okay, so I got to go back on three years team chat. Three years of team chat. I will give you a hint. It's a game that came out in that time. I'll even give oh, it came you, out in the, in the, okay. It came out in the three years. I'll even give you, it came out within the past two years. Okay. That really cuts off a lot of time. Thank you. While he thinks about that, I'm going to sing the good people a song. I don't know. I can't think. Some sort of, okay, fine. You what? You just didn't want to hear my song? Okay. What's your song? No, it's too late. Okay. I'm sorry. You're not going to hear it now. I was just going blank. You cut me off. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, the game that I uh, played a fair amount of, never finished, Probably never will finish. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. Now this is yeah. very shocking to me. Yeah. So as everybody knows, uh, or as everybody should know, if you're a fan of the show, uh, I loved the the or- the original. I'm putting that in mega air quotes here. The original Tomb Raider reboot, right? Which the 2013, Tomb Raider 2013, 2013, 2014, somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, I know that I bought the definitive edition in 2014, so it had to be. Oh, yeah, because that came yeah. out. Yeah, because they had the PS3, Xbox 360 right. version that came out. But then once the. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. So we had to wait a little while to actually get our hands on it, us poor Sony fans. No, 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 no. no, no. They just released the definitive edition after PS4 and Xbox One X came out. Rise of the, to- oh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is the one that they that's held the, the one exclusivity. Where they wait. Yes, you're right. Okay, so the original, original again, Tomb Raider reboot uh, was fantastic. Oh, so One good. of the best action games I've ever played. I love it. I still love it to this day. I actually have been thinking about replaying it. Yeah, but... right. And what's interesting is I'm more uh, excited about the idea of replaying that game than I am about ever going back to Rise of the Tomb Raider for a couple of different reasons. So Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, in some total, felt like a game that was trying way too hard to do way too much and not doing any of them especially well. Interesting. It also has added into it a layer of hatred that you'll be familiar with. So I played Tomb Raider. Okay. And then over some sort of, I think it was maybe over a holiday break or something, I was at home and my mom was like, oh yeah, I got a new PS4. It came with all of these Uncharted Uh, games. So I played the Uncharted game i played all of uncharted one in like three days and then it's a very I played, short game it's a very short game and i was like wow that was the worst time of my life <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally never gonna get those years back ever I'm or livid. that time 
I'm never going to get that time back. And I've wasted on a game that I hate. And then just for funsies, I played a tiny little bit of Uncharted 2. Maybe this one will be better. No, it was worse. And I was like, no, I'm cutting, I'm cutting it off here. I'm not doing this. So then flash forward to when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out, bought it like really close to release time, started playing it. And I did finally realize what a lot of the internet had been saying for a long time, which is that the modern Tomb Raider games are actually very similar to the Uncharted games. And I see it. I can see that. I still think that Laura Croft is a far superior character to Nathan Drake in every way. I think that Laura as a character... Especially in the reboot. Especially the reboot. But also especially the originals. Mm -hmm. Also especially just all of the Laura Crofts. Yes. She has a butler, okay? She's rich. <laughs> She's she has wonderful. A Croft Manor. She's a wonderful lady. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the Rise of the Tomb Raider game, I finally saw how the combat was in, was very similar to what I experienced with Uncharted, which was just the waves o enemies model. Mm-hmm. It was done with a little bit more finesse in both Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, but even so, the enemy engagements were just very boring. The parts of Tomb Raider that were very fun were the animal fights, like having to actually battle against the environment or against things that weren't necessarily other humans, but when it came to actually fighting people, it'd be like, okay, you get to an area, the lights are on. Here's a bunch of people. You got to kill them. Okay, cool. You cleared that area. Go to the next area. What's in there? A bunch of dudes. Yeah. And you have to kill them. Okay, good. You kill them. Now let's go to the next area. Oh, hold up. There's more dudes. Okay, you got to kill those dudes. Okay, you killed the dudes. Good job. Let's go to the next room. More dudes. Yeah. And then you have to kill the dudes. And it just got very repetitive very fast, and I was not entertained, as the gladiator might say. Uh, And it wasn't enough that the rest of the game held interest for me, because it didn't. So in Tomb Raider, of course, it took place on uh, the Golden Triangle, I think is what Mm -hmm. they call it, which is a set of Japanese islands lost to time because they're encased in this perpetual storm. It's implied that it's a supernatural storm, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. I like this a lot. I like the subject matter. I like the subject matter. I like the islands. I think this is cool. I like the story. I like the other characters. Rise of the Tomb Raider didn't care about any characters, hmm. period. The villain was boring. He had a sister, I think. <laughs> don't even remember his name. I, I don't remember his name. I don't remember her name. I don't remember any of my allies' names because they are so forgettable. I will, I will probably never know. Maybe one guy was named Marcus. Maybe. Don't, don't you have that, like, your, your, like, friendly guy, Jonah? Is that his name, Jonah? Kind of the bigger guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonah. I thought I was thinking he was Marcus. Okay, no, turns out his name is Jonah, Jonah everybody. Uh, but I didn't care. I like Jonah. I didn't give a crap about Jonah. He could have fallen off that sheer ice cliff we were climbing in the beginning, and I would have been like, bye, Jonah, see you never. <laughs> and I would have soldiered on. But the game just wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. It also introduced a lot of these weird elements of you run into an ancient Byzantinian culture that is still surviving in the mountains. Wait, where does this game take place? Uh, in Eastern Europe slash Western Russia. 
Okay. So think like the I was Ukraine. thinking for some reason it was like Himalayas. No. I mean, it does take place in mountainous areas, but I actually think that it's more of a post-Soviet Oh, wait, location. because isn't one of the, like, it was in DLC or something like that. Isn't it like Curse of Baba Yaga or something yes. like that? So it's yes. more like okay, Eastern so that, Europe. That so Eastern I don't Europe. know. I don't think there's an exact location because these Byzantine people basically have their own hidden culture in the mountains that people have never been able to penetrate. And then here comes Laura and she's like, hey there, friends. I'm Laura Croft, and they're like, cool, we've got these drones flying around, and we don't know what they are. Can you help us? And it's implied that the villain is somehow trying to get at something that the Byzantine people are hiding or have, okay. and you have to help them. And it just felt very How awkward. they just accept Laura open arms when they've been tr- cut off from yeah. contact with the war- other civilization forever. I mean, they haven't been cut off exactly. They kind of know what's going on out there, but they clearly have their own existing culture right. going on that, hasn't, that isn't caught up to the rest of modernity. And it was just not fun. You had to, like, help them guard their stronghold? And I was like, no. I don't want to help you people. I need to be raiding some tombs. I'm raiding tombs here. Give me your gold. Like, that's what I was there for. Right. And that's what the game didn't have. It didn't have enough tombs. It didn't have puzzles. It didn't really have any artifacts that I was especially interested in. The locations were boring. Didn't like the combat. The crafting system felt unnecessary. It was just too much that wasn't interesting or that just wasn't interesting enough. Right. So, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I'll probably never finish it. There we have it. Sorry, Laura. That's a, that one's sitting in my backlog, too, because same thing. I loved, loved the rebooted Tomb Raider. It was so good. Uh, but then I just haven't. And Shadow of the Tomb Raider looks interesting being the, like, Incan and Ma, or Mayan setting of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Shadow of the, see, I'm not burned enough that I wouldn't give Shadow of the Tomb Raider a try. I mean, I, at this point, I'd honestly rather just skip I just Rise think I and would move on. It. Yeah. Like, I would actually have to play it and be, be like, purchase. is this worth it? Yeah, I understand that, but but yeah, so it's it's one that I will eventually get to because I do want to continue it because I want to try it out and everything. Did you happen to see the tomb Ra- the new Tomb Raider movie with Alicia Vikander? No, I saw it a few months ago. It was decent. That's what I heard, and I was like, "Cool, I'm never going to see that." It I liked it enough because it had like Alicia Vikander is really good. Uh, Dominic West is really great. Uh, in it as well. So is Walton Coggins. I really love Walton well, Coggins. I was also one of those people on Twitter that was like, hashtag not my Laura. <laughs> there is one Drew Laura Croft. Her name is Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I am not uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sticking to my I'm guns. I'm sticking to Both my dual of them. pistols. Pew pew. That was honestly the biggest letdown of the whole movie. Did they? Oh, you told me about this. She just like buys them in a pawn shop from Nick Frost at the very end. Nope. I mean, and I'm sure what they basically were equates to, do to, it a, to for... an after credit scene, but it was it was just terrible. No, I love were... like spoiler how she gets them in the Tomb Raider reboot is like the most badass way she could have got them, and it was amazing. And they just totally like it, the movie is basically the first one is the rebooted movie. Like it takes yeah. place in the in the Golden Triangle. They're trying to find Himiko and all that stuff, but like it just but then they bungled that, and I was so they bungled it. Such a big bungle. Such so. a bungle. But I mean. Not a terrible movie? So if you're still kind of looking for... It's actually... I'm not. Okay. If I want a terrible Anyone movie... Anyone out there? I will watch... Patrons, if you're watching before on the or your early access, it's actually the 99 cent rental on iTunes right this week. Or for free on Netflix, assuming you have it, you could also watch uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992. <laughs> Circling back around a to a... cinematic classic. Before we started recording... Oh, wait, episode. that's right. That wasn't in that there. Was, I mean... 
Now it's there, and if now, you're, and, it'll be you a, know, we'll include it in the in the like special little behind the scenes bits that the patrons get. What you get if you're a patron? Ayo, hey, give us your money. All right. <laughs> so circling back around to round out the list here, my final game, if my games of ghosts, ghosts of games past, bungled that, is Lord of the Rings: War in the North from two thousand eleven. Lord of the Rings, War in the North. War in the North? Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of this game. So when I heard of it, you know, pre-2011, super stoked about it. Because the previous Lord of the Rings game that I played was Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Or not Two Towers, Return of the King, which was an outstanding Lord of the Rings game. Held in high acclaim by anyone who has ever touched it. Did you get to be Gimli? Yes. Oh, okay. You could be Gimli, Legolas, nice. Aragorn, Gandalf. The Did Orlando Frodo. Bloom voice Legolas? I honestly don't remember, but I would imagine. I mean, they use cutscenes for the movies and stuff, oh, so I would imagine okay. they Hopefully. probably did, maybe. Nice. Uh, but anyway, great game. So, but think about it. It was rated T for teen. Everybody's like, okay, that's cool, but that's what we come to expect. Lord of the Rings War in the North comes out and starts getting pumped. It's rated M. Which everyone's <gasps> M like, oh. For mature. Mature? I am a mature person. And I can play <laughs> this game then. But that also meant that the violence was going to be, it was going to be a bit more bloody, a bit more gritty. And I was like, yes, I'm all about this. But it was going to be an RPG. You had three characters that you could either be Aradon, a ranger, Farron, a dwarf, or Andriel, an elf, which I was actually looking. Uh, the ranger was vo- voiced by Nolan North. The dwarf, uh, Farron, was Fred Tat. Tedeschiori, who does voice, uh, he, he's Soldier 76. Really? Oh, and then, that's uh, cool. And Andriel is Laura Bailey, who does, which I believe she's from Uncharted. I should have looked at that a little bit does more. Does she play Nathan Drake's very unlucky love interest who unfortunately has to put up with him? I think she does. Oh, what Let, I'm going gonna, gonna to double check, though, before I... What b- is her name in the games? <sighs> Alyssa? Elisa? Elise? She's Nadine in Uncharted. Oh. She is not who you're talking about. Uh, she's actually in a lot. Of, oh, she's oh, that's what I also knew her from. Kate Diaz in Gears of War Four. She's Mary Jane in the new Marvel Spider-Man game that just came out. She's a bunch of stuff. But anyway, so I was like, oh, I've totally forgot that these three big name actors were in this game. Uh, but basically, the story takes place alongside the events of the Lord of the Rings. You basically are contacted by Aragorn at the beginning and told to go hunt down this general of Sauron. If I'm going to say this right, Agandar. Agandar. <laughs> You have to go hunt him down because he is trying to like amass another army up way up in the north that is going to come and help Sauron in his conquest of Middle Earth. I'm treading on dangerous ground here. I got to get my facts right, or else Lord of the Rings fandom will come after me, and I don't need that. Quick aside: When I was at the Texas Renaissance Festival this past weekend, right after Extra Life, right? Uh, did you live? Yeah, we, I, mean, I, I lived, but we did find in one of the shops a life-size, <gasps> meaning larger than life. Sauron, <gasps> like in his big black armor. It was awesome. That's we were like, awesome. <gasps> and unfortunately there were signs everywhere that were like, do not touch. Oh, it was one you could buy. It no, wasn't a dude I, in I costume. Don't, I don't think you could buy it. I think it was mostly just for display, but it was like Sauron. That's I was like, amazing. <gasps> I love that. That's <laughs> and so cool. And he even cool. had like the ring on one of his hands. But then you shouldn't be able to see Giant him. fingers that are like this. It's no, because remember in the movie, you can see Sauron when he wears it. It's been so long. Since he is see, I've ring. already I stepped he is in it. The ring's master. I've stepped in it now. And the up. ring does oh, as he tells it to. I need to. I need to rewatch this movie. It's been you a need long to brush time. off. I on do. L O T R. I've actually been thinking that it's time for it's time for a marathon through that. It's been a while, but anyway. So again, this game had so much promise. A epic Lord of the Rings tale is going to be rated M, which meant it was going to have. RPG elements with hack and slash combat, which was meaning I was going to be decapitating fools and it was going to be great. 
and all those things were great until about halfway through the game, and it got buggy galore. Really? It was buggy? So bad. Oh. There was one place uh, you were going through... Who developed this game? A Snowblind Interactive in... in Snowblind. Snowblind Studio, sorry, in association with Warner Brothers Interactive. A very appropriate name for War in the North. I mean, but that's it was like quite funny. <laughs> it was really cool. Like the combat was really awesome. You could do some really fun combos and stuff. And yeah, your finishing moves would all these either you would dismember an orc or or a, an enemy soldier or decapitate him. And it was great. Loved it. And the story song. seemed very interesting of where it was going. But the problem is, you got to this one level. I can't remember where it took place, but you basically the boss. Wouldn't trigger. The boss just like wouldn't appear. Yeah, and you couldn't because. And I remember going back and looking at uh, like going. To, I'm hitting forums hard because I'm like, man, I want to finish this game so bad. And so I'm looking and trying to find all these different ways, and no one can have. Basically, everyone's kind of like it's luck of the draw. Restart, and maybe if you get to it, it might it might be fixed. Well, I've got to that one after I already restarted a couple other times due to other smaller bugs. And so I'm sitting here on maybe my third playthrough, get to this point where I literally just can't go farther because the boss is not spawning where the boss is supposed to be. It's not like triggering the cutscene where that introduces the boss, and I couldn't go any farther. What a And I'm bummer. like, I'm not restarting this game for the fourth time. It actually, so I've been looking up some pictures of it. It's a pretty good looking game. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And that's what I mean. It was kind of the, like the, it was basically the predecessor to the Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War games. Oh, okay. Whereas, you know, those games are obviously rated M. They have incredible combat, uh, a nice mix of open world and even a little bit of like Assassin's Creed esque stuff thrown in. Don't you it. mean Dishonored? No, I mean Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Be, and just you know, kind of like how you're assa- you could assassinate people and different things like that. So obviously great tie of the two things that I love together. And so therefore, that's what those games were awesome. And, but this one really, and you could play, you could choose your playthrough of these characters of Eridan, Farron, or Andriel. You could choose to be either one of those. And then even at the end of each chapter, you could switch out which one you were controlling for the next chapter oh. or, to, or to replay. Did you try but, switching out your character to see if that would oh, trigger tried, the boss? I tried so oh, did things. you? And oh. I just, I eventually, I was just like, I want to play this game. I want to love this game. I want to love it so hard. Even in writing up my notes and everything, going back and looking at this, I was in my head. I was like, Do I try again? No, Jared. Maybe there are patches that have <laughs> fixed it by now. But obviously, I know some people have been able, were obviously able to finish the game. But that was, but that was a big complaint. Of this game, I was not the only one who ran into some of these game, legitimately game breaking bugs. Yeah, and. As much as I wanted to love it and I wanted to be chopping the heads off of orcs all day long, just couldn't do it. It just didn't happen. I just had to finally throw I just really eventually had to throw in the towel and be like, you know what? I'll wait until the next great Lord of the Rings experience, which then surely, I mean, it was a few years, but got Shadow of of Mordor in that game was fantastic. Well, what is it? Hashtag sad. Hashtag very sad. (laughs) Hashtag very sad. Hashtag very, 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 very sad because that game had a lot of promise. So that completes our list of Ghosts of Games Past. Obviously, we would love to know what some of the games that you've played and then had to abandon for one reason or another are. So if you have any of those games, let us know by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com or responding in the comments to below, posting on our Facebook or sending us a tweet, telling us on the Discord. There are many different ways that you can let us know your thoughts and opinions, and we would love to hear them. So let us know your Ghosts of Games past. But before we conclude this episode, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which Mogan has prepared for this week. This week, Hit me with that tune. One of the many good things about Yoshi's Willy World is, of course, the soundtrack. It's adorable, 
cheerful, and fantastic. So composers to- Tomoya Tomita, Misaki Asada, and Kazumi Totaka mm-hmm. uh, worked on this game, and this is going to be the track Shy But Deadly. Shy But Shy Deadly. But Deadly. Mm. And this might actually be a level that featured Yarny Shy Guys. I was about to say, that would make sense. Yeah, I think it's the... And Shy Guy is like my favorite character from the Mario mythos. I adore Shy Guy. Shy Guy has become my go-to in Mario Kart. Shy Guy is my go-to in Mario Party. Oh, well, there we go. Well, we're just all Shy shy Guys around here. A lot of Shy crossover. (laughs) Okay, so listen to that Shy But Deadly Deadly. from Yoshi's Woolly World. That is our soundtrack spotlight for this week. We'll have a little preview of it to play now as the song ends, but then on Wednesday, check back when we post the link to the full song. Or just go look it up by yourself. But I felt like we need something a little bit more cheerful, a little bit more happy after the more somber soundtrack spotlight from last week, Ashes from God of War. They're two very different tracks. Which I must have. Did you go back and listen to the whole thing? No, I'm still working on it. My God! I know, I'm sorry. It's so good. I know, I believe you. Actually, just today, I thought I had missed out. Fun little side story before we close this out. But I thought I had missed out because Mondo partnered up uh, with Sony to release the sound of the God of War soundtrack on vinyl, which I had Mondo's version of The Last of Us on vinyl. Right. Fantastic soundtrack. It's great. It's excellent. That came out around my birthday, and I wound up not buying it for whatever reason. Uh, well, because I'd asked for it for my birthday, and nobody bought it for me. Oh, and then, bummer. And then I just had other things that I wanted to get with the money or whatever. I can't remember what I did. I can't remember the circumstances. Either here nor there, I wound up not getting it. And then I went back a couple months after that or something to go buy it because I was like, oh, I've got some extra money. I want to spend, spend it on some good music. They weren't selling it anymore. It was out of stock. And I was like, no! More tears. More hashtags. More sad. tears. More hashtags. Sad. And so I thought, well, missed my shot because Mondo only does like limited releases of things. I thought I was done. Fast forward to, and then rewind a little bit, to yesterday. I was sitting at my computer, got an email saying that they were doing a restocking of some of their old vinyl, which included God of War. Oh, nice. Bought that sucker, and then it came today because Mondo (laughs) is a a local Austin company as well, and so I got it in like a day. So I have it. I'm so excited. I want to see it after we close it out. Yeah, I'll show it to you after we're done. Nice. I was so excited. I was so happy because I was literally pretty bummed that I had missed out because of how damn good the soundtrack to God of War is. But you know what also has a damn good soundtrack? Yoshi's Whirly World, and that's why you should go listen to Shy But Deadly after the close of the episode, which is right now. But, thanks for sticking around listening to us talk about our Ghosts of Games Pass. Like I said again, love to hear what some of your Ghosts of Games Pass are, but with that, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Sayonara. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song. <laughs>